The Game of Zen explores the often overlooked ways in which professional, personal, and spiritual growth are interrelated. We dive deep into the life teachings of the Buddha and the mindfulness practices of Zen, revealing how they can help us dramatically expand our possibilities for wholehearted work, life, and play. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Game of Zen podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Scott, checking in from Philadelphia, PA, and I'm here with my good friend and Zen master, Paul, checking in from Boulder. How's it going today, Paul? It's going really well, Scott. It's it's nice here. This uh, past weekend, I had a nice uh, full-day retreat with my Zen center, and uh, we call it an enter-here retreat. It's for people who are newer to Zen. So we had a good handful of people, about 25 people in the full Zendo and a good handful who were there for the first time, kind of getting a taste of the practice. And it went really well. So uh, I'm uh, I'm enjoying things right now. How nice. about you? What you been doing? So I just got back from a convention. I was at a fancy food convention in Las Vegas. It was the first time doing that kind of show. Uh, we actually had a party, uh, my new project, which is Flower Chef Foods. And it was really excellent because uh, I like the food industry, but I also like the interactions and the, and the relationships that I've been making, um, using a lot of the things that we've been working on here. So especially when you get into new situations and you and you try and develop a business and new people, I think these practical tools that we're talking about all the time uh, really come out in those kind of situations. Yeah, all right. Well, let's let's hear more about it and share with our listeners. Well, and so today's episode is going to be all about impermanence, which is a, a huge topic in Buddhism, and it really comes into play in everything that we do. And as we were talking about, like the other day, what we worked on, like you had been planning for your retreat for a while, and you put a lot of work into it, and it came and it went. And, and it went really well, and I'm thrilled to hear it, but whether it went good or bad, it would be over. It's over today, because it was over the weekend. Same thing with my conference. We planned for months for this thing. We had this big party and now it's over. It was impermanent, but uh, we were, I was mindful about it. I was careful and planning and thoughtful. And so were you about your thing, but these things all come and they all go. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the central topic for today is how nothing stays the same. Yeah, right on. Cool. So um, I'm going to kick it off with a couple questions about how does how does the concept of impermanence play into the Zen philosophy? Um, I know that you've you know thought about this and taught taught it for many years, but how are those two things related, and why is it a central component? Yes, so impermanence is is an absolutely core principle in in Zen and in Buddhism. In fact, we have what are called the three seals of Buddhism, and impermanence is the first of the three seals of Buddhism. And these, these seals are kind of defined as the, these are the foundational teachings. And, it, and if it doesn't, if a teaching doesn't include the understanding of these things, then it ain't Buddhism. <laughs> That's how kind of de definitive it is, you know, for Buddhist understanding. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's right at the heart of, it's right at the heart of things. And, and an interesting thing to attune yourself to at the beginning is that 
it, it, impermanence is something that's kind of easily understood in theory than it is to 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 understand experientially. Um, well, I let's see. Maybe I need to rephrase that. Um, we can understand it experientially, but 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 it's hard. It's um, we have a resistance to it. It's uh, it's it's one thing to understand it conceptually, and it's it's another thing to experience it experientially. And and that's why Buddhism kind of has fully embraced the truth of this uh, passingness of everything, this real passingness of everything, um, to such an extent that it, it really fully informs, you know, the um, the understanding, the Buddhist understanding of existence. Yeah, and I think that uh, what's key to that is also just thinking about it a lot, you know, because there's so many things that happen in our lives that do change and are impermanent. Um, so how do you basically, as a teacher, a Zen master, really, how do you guide practitioners and beginners to really understand it as a big concept, but also how it applies practically to their daily lives? Yeah, well, I, again, it's actually not hard for people to grasp it as a concept, right? We can you know, point that out and, and everybody gets it if they haven't thought of it already. And most people already kind of understand it conceptually. But the experiential part is where the, the rubber meets the road, road. And that's why right from the beginning, you know, breath practice and meditation is a attunement with the, the texture, the feeling, the experience of impermanence. The breath is always passing. It's always transforming. If it's static or stuck, you ain't breathing <laughs> fundamentally you know movement and flow the same way that a river is fundamentally you know movement and flow that that's its essence so experientially we tune into that um movingness passingness of the experience of the breath of the unity of every single breath um that's why we do the counting right once we do count breath count one and then one is gone, and now we're on two. And so we point people right at the beginning to the fact that, oh, you're never going to experience that breath again. It is gone, okay? That breath is gone. And to start to appreciate that, that that breath is gone, now that breath is gone, now that breath is gone, now that moment is gone, now that moment is gone, now that moment is gone. That's that. That's the that's the experience that we're that we're, we're kind of plugging people into, or we want to help people plug into. And this is the, the mind um, resists this because mm -hmm. the mind is is constantly fixating and fixing things, fixing things both in the sense of there's a problem to be fixed. We all know our problem-seeking mind is at the heart of a lot of our suffering. But it's also fixed in that in that meaning of to affix, right? Just a fix in place, right? With a tape or a staple or a paper clip, you're just fixing in place. That's what our 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 fixing mind um, is doing constantly is just grasping, solidifying, making whole, trying to hold it static, so that we can all of those things, you know, control, manage, understand, possess all of those things. That's a huge instinct and drive to do this fixing that we have to learn how to dissolve and soften. And we also know a grasping and attachment and clinging are causing us suffering. 
And so if we, the more we understand that it's something is impermanent and we shouldn't cling and grasp it, the better we get when it ends, we get over it quicker and we move on to the next thing. So for me, I feel like understanding that has led to a deeper appreciation of life and the present moment. Right. So I think that that, I think that the more you think about it, right. Doesn't it lead to happy, more happiness right now? It does. And more suffering. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. Which is, which is actually the third seal of Buddhism is, is, is suffering and nirvana, the combined relationship of suffering and nirvana. So you, you, you pointed out the nirvana side and then also bring in the suffering side because when, when the things we love pass, we suffer. Okay. And then, but when the conditions that we don't like pass, then we feel better and we feel a release from our striving for a better condition because now we have a better condition. Mm -hmm. Okay. So both things are constantly going on with, with respect to impermanence. Impermanence in a sense is, is the engine of both the suffering caused by attachment and the release and relief caused by the letting go of attachment. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's why really, really experiencing impermanence with all of our heart and all of our body, moment to moment, to let go, let go, let go, mm -hmm. allow to let go that which you don't like, but also that which you love, yeah. to let come that which you love, which is easy, but also that which you don't like, which is hard, <laughs> right? To allow, because that's impermanence too, is something comes in that you, that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. So that the state, the one state is impermanent and now it's being shifted in a way, all right? So once again, it's all, it's all in terms of a relationship to the comings and goings of experience and people that we are able to live a life full of suffering or live a life of acceptance and inclusivity and wholeness. I think it's a great point because it is good and bad. It doesn't matter. Like, and you, you could look at it in, in, in a day or a week, a month, and you could say, this is a really good day today. As good of a day it is today, it's going to be changed. Tomorrow is going to be a different day. Or I had a terrible day. I can't wait for tomorrow to come because this day stinks, you know, and the same thing with a year or, you know, things like that. And so I think that it's really important to understand that none of it's going to stay the same ever. You know, you can you can't go into the same river twice. It's the water yeah. going to be flowing, and there's different things in it. And I find that there's a lot of the, there's a lot of Zen principles that seem to teach us about impermanence, right? I mean, do you have any that you can think about now that are useful? Well, the, the um, yeah, for example, you know, the core um, principle of, of simplicity or nothing extra. Right. Nothing extra um, allows us to, you know, tune in, tune into reality and where we're where we're adding extra, and where we're adding extra, you know, tends to be in places where we're not really fully appreciating kind of what is and what is passing. We're, we're kind of adding adding something new to to the situation. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that if that if that resonates for you. Um, let, I, but I've got a question for you. Um, do you, how, 
when when you're when you're suffering, do you have a sense like it's going to change? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, and I and I try and that's where meditation comes in as well too because I definitely have suffering that I and I I need to go off and take a walk out into the woods or I need to sit down and meditate and part of it is like you know I get I get I go through like oh this is this situation is really causing me stress or anxiety and but you know what it's going to be over somehow it's going to change and the older I've gotten realize that it always does mm-hmm. <laughs> it always changes as much as you could be in a rut or in a good place it's going to change and so I'm quicker to recognize that in my own thinking and I also realize that a lot of it is in my own head that attachment to whatever I'm, I'm talking about and it's like okay that's just in my head like and, and work is a good example because as I've talked about, you know, I've had a bunch of different careers over the years and, you know, they all ended at some point and new ones began. And I anticipate that to be continuing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, li- I like that uncertainty and I've embraced it. But for some people that could cause more stress and anxiety because they don't have the certainty. Nothing is certain. <laughs> Nothing right? is certain, which is another great principle that, of course, yeah, this impermanence is, is really related to, you know, I, 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 I find in myself and I and and in others as well that difficult situations I just think are going to be around forever. You know, it, it takes almost like a leap of imagination to envision yourself out of it. We're, we're, you know, I mean, depression is like this. Is it's like, oh, of course, everything is going to be like this forever. Okay, and our our negative, um, I think, our negative conditions tend to support this even more because we tend to get fearful. And uh, we catastrophize like, holy cow, you know, what if I actually end up like this all the time? I mean, I might as well kill myself, right? Because this really sucks. Um, and I think it's very natural, you know, human wise to, to feel this way. So even though we know everything passes, when we're in the middle of a bad condition, we tend to not have, we lose, you know, we lose that consciousness and we think, feel that it's going to, it's going to be around forever. So the, the, the keys, I think, are to, to um, when we when we start to, to really tune in to the impermanence of negative states, then that's the basis of hope and faith. That's going to give us a ground for like, oh, this is going to change. There's mm-hmm. a knowingness there that this is going to change. And on the positive side, when we're experiencing something positive, the knowingness that it's going to change leads us towards gratitude. Yeah. Right? Now we're gonna now we're gonna appreciate even more deeply what's going on, and that actually leads us into deeper listening, deeper connection with what is happening in the moment, the conversation you're having, the project you're working on. When you when when that mind becomes aware that consciousness raises around, hey, this 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 has a term limit to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. You know, these things, the gratitude and the presence, you know, spark up. That's key. It's right mindfulness again. <laughs> and I find sometimes when I'm in a, like, I'll be in a, in a really fun situation. Let's say I'm in a concert and I have a bunch of friends with me. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm really enjoying the band. But somehow, like, during the show, I'll start to think about something I need to do for work or some something else. And, and you know, that's always a couple days away. And then I'll, I'll say to myself, you know what? This concert's only got 45 minutes left. Stop yeah. thinking about work. You can think about it tomorrow morning. 
like be mindful and and because this this concert is impermanent yeah and you know that work issue isn't going to solve itself at this moment so it does help me snap back into the the mindful posture and that's that's something a practice that i've learned and and the more that i understand the impermanence the more i focus on being present really and i think that that helps in both being a parent and being in work doing this podcast you know whatever we're doing it's better to be more mindful when you're attuned to impermanence things that used to you know really just detract from your quality of life and you're looking at the clock to you know have this experience be over no matter what it is it becomes actually interesting your life becomes more interesting because like oh well this is um this is this is going to be over you know sooner or later so i might as well kind of tune into the texture of this experience and then you start to notice things that you didn't notice before you know the person who's like really annoying you um you you, you can start to laugh at you know you yeah. just don't, don't take them too seriously because you figure yeah. that you know this is this is going to end or you know even more intimately feelings of pain physical and even emotional pain when you when you know that it's going to end then you tune into like how it's moving in the moment and that's a completely different experience of those things you don't get um as as wrapped up at um, them and they become more interesting to you and less stressful i had a situation i was on a flight yesterday and it was two i was stuck at uh, dallas airport and i was two hour delay and i was like ready at the gate and then all of a sudden you know they go two hours late and i'm like all right you know instead of getting annoyed i was tired whatever i was like all right let me just figure out something i watched some some on, on my phone and I knew that that wait would be over in two hours went by and then we boarded the plane and I got home last night and I was better able to like handle something like unexpected like that because I knew it would end. Yeah, it was it was a couple hours, but it wouldn't be all night and it would be over and I would get home and I did. So even like little things like that help you, you know, get less stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also thinking, Paul, about um, how you change this. This changes as you age. And, you know, I'm thinking about like my children, right? When they were little, um, they'd be crying, crying, crying. And then all of a sudden we would get them something to eat, some milk, and then they'd be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the, the you know, the, the upset of I'm hungry, I'm hungry. All they needed was food and then they were thrilled. Right. And then later on, it was put the TV show on and then they'd be happy. Right. Then it's like, uh, you know. Things so as they've gotten older, and also with school, like every year, I always like to mark the end of the school year because, like, my daughter finished first grade and then fifth grade and then college, you know. And so, so even those things, like being part of a school district, was impermanent. I spent Mm -hmm. 18 years having children in the school district, and now I'm never go back there anymore because my kids aren't in school. So that part of my life and their lives ended, and now they're on to something new. So. Talk a little bit about how you your life has evolved with with things changing. And now that you have a, a much bigger family now, how has impermanence played into all that? Yeah, well, well, like like you just alluded to, you know, kids kind of tune us into impermanence um, really acutely um, because they're, uh, you know, they're growing and they're changing. So you kind of we as adults kind of get a real hit on that. 
and it's also interesting because they don't have a sense of their own impermanence, right? Yeah. <laughs> they, they think like every every bad situation is going to last forever. So they're like, come on, I got to change this. And you just want them to be patient and like, you know, this period's going to be over, this day is going to be over. But, um, the, you know, kids, they feel so in, intensely and intently that they actually don't have a, a, a felt sense of their own changingness, you know, as, as much as we do. So I've had a great gift of kind of inheriting five stepkids, you know, getting married just th three years ago and having much more of a sense of, um, you know, things passing on a, on a certainly a day to day and even hour to hour basis. It's been a huge gift because I was able to structure my life in a way that I could just pretend that I was in control of things. <laughs> and now, you know, it's the, the gift of impermanence is that we're really not in control of yeah. almost anything. So uh, there, there's a there's a phrase that a, a friend with kids, you know, said to me a few years ago, and now I understand the wisdom of it. It's that the, uh, let's see, the days are long, but the years are short. <laughs> I like that. With kids. Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, so much that happens in the course of a day. I mean, more, more than you could possibly control or plan for. Um, and, and within that, you know, the, the, uh, the, the years fly by. And before you know it, you know, that era of their life, which was the in everything, you know, a year ago, they were 15 year olds, you know, now is, is completely changed and they're driving. So, um, yeah, this experience of life is, is, uh, is really wonderful and, and definitely kids help us to uh, right. tap into it. And the days of Paul being the, the Uber driver for everyone has changed now because they're getting a car and that, that, that's changed. The, the days of Paul just living his own life and doing his own right. thing are gone right. forever. Right. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you'll get there. And I have my daughter will be graduating college in three months. So uh, my college, my education of my children is going to end. And I've been dealing with school stuff for 20 some years now. And it's like, it's really interesting that I'm at the end of that road. And then it'll be, you know, work and different things, you know, they'll have different needs. But, you know, the, the parenting actually that you need to go through will change a lot depending on how old they, they get whether it's them driving, my other daughter's got her own apartment, you know, and so that's an also thing that drastically changes our involvement with our kids and changes to go back to last episode that our sacred contract with ourself changes based on the more things that our kids do in their mm -hmm. own lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. So, Good. yeah, I, I wanted to go to the other end of the spectrum and talk about illness and death for a second, because mm -hmm. Impermanence is often associated with the, that inevitability. You know, we all know that we're not going to be here forever, but m many of us don't really, you know, think about it a lot. And I, I, unfortunately, in the last week, I'm at the age where a lot of my friends' parents are getting pretty old, and three of them have passed in like the last two weeks. And it's sad, and I'm sad for my friends. Uh, one was though at 97, the other guy was mid 90s, and then 88 or something. So point is these people have been I've known them my whole life uh, and they were wonderful people and they're gone and you know that's inevitable we all know it but it doesn't when it hits home you know then it's like oh this person is 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 not here anymore but we're all headed down that same path so it, it sort of makes it uh, it's sad but it's also uplifting in a weird way 
Yeah. Does that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the mind doesn't do nothing. The mind doesn't grasp nothing. And the, uh, the, the ego doesn't do uh, non-existence. The ego doesn't grasp non-existence. So it, it just, it, they, they just don't do it. They don't grasp it. Okay. They're not built for that. Um, it's not in the nature of the mind or the ego to, to grasp those things. But what they do do is they have emotional reactions towards the, what they believe nothing or non-existence to be. And it does tend to be usually fear, right? Oh, well, this thing that is, is not going to be anymore. And that's just sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So this, this very, very vivid emotional reaction tends to come up about that. But that's just based on an idea, which is based on ignorance, on a, on a, no, on a not knowingness, okay? Or I should say an idea of what that is, right? So that's, that's why, the, that's why the, the, it's great terrain. You know, death, death the, the wisdom of death is profound with respect to what our life is all about. Mm -hmm. And the passing of a loved one is profound in terms of us not only getting in touch with our heart and what's really important, and it generates the appreciation for other beings and the gratitude for our own lives that you're saying it has yeah. those things. And it also informs us with this mystery and this wonderment about, well, what really is this life all about? Because ultimately, I don't know where that person has gone. Mm -hmm. And if you're around people who are passing, you know, who are transitioning, and, and I, I, I'm on the faculty of a cause to pause contemplative caregiving. So I work with caregivers who work with people at the end of life um, a lot with these, with these, these end trainings. And, um, you know, and if you're if you're like that, you you know that to be in the presence of a person who is transitioning has great gifts, transformative gifts for your life, for you who believes that you're not as close to death as that person is, <laughs> and you can end up with a with a much more beautiful, appreciative, sensitive sense of your own life, and that's that's what you're talking about with respect to. You know these these close people. I think that have that have passed yeah. recently for you. I know in some uh, monasteries when they are training the young monks, they send them out to the cemetery at night, and they they do they they chant and they think about it, or they sit with a, a recently deceased person and mm -hmm. think about look at the body and really. And I know I'm, that's kind of hardcore, I think, but it's it's. I when I read that, I'm like, oh, I can see how if you do that, you walk away with a better appreciation of you know, just the day, whatever day you're in, because you know that one day you'll be that person. And so to me, that's kind of where I, how I flip it, you know, whenever I get sad that someone's gone and it's never going to be the same again, I think about the fact that, well, I'm really happy I'm here today. And, you know, my life is not impermanent, just like theirs wasn't, you know? And so I think that's something that gives me, it's the going back to attachment. We're all attached to our life more than anything. Yeah. And someday we have to give it up. And, you know, even people that have a serious illness, that's one of the toughest things to deal with is, you know, giving up help being healthy, 
Um, so I think that's what we have to focus on. If we are healthy and we have a good, strong mind, we should be pretty happy every day. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, th those are the big ones that come and hit us is when our faculties start to go you yeah. know, as, as, as we get older. And, and this is by reportage of my, my elders in my lineage, you know, even with a lot of Zen practice, you know, the profound practice opportunities for when they start to, you know, lose capacity and, and capability. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, this quality of like being attached to our lives, it's like, well, what are we attached to actually? Well, we're, we're attached to, as I see it, feeling a certain way. And then also an idea of our life being a certain way. We've got these fixations around, you know, feeling a certain way. And then an idea of around our life being a certain way. So, so, you know, those are going to produce suffering because yeah. Any condition is going to change, and usually your life isn't going to conform to whatever idea you have. You know, maybe for a moment or a day or a month or maybe a year, but you know that's all going to change too. Yeah. So it, it's it's all a setup. It's all <laughs> a setup. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let's let's move on from death. You know, because we know it's coming one day, but we'll 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 talk about that later. Let's switch back to work because um, I'm curious in your work with people and check. Al Paul's work at zenatwork.org. Um, when you're talking to a, an executive or an entrepreneur, how do you bring the, the concept of impermanence to their, their company and their startup or their, you know, like a lot of the people that you've worked with over the years have, their careers have changed. And I know you also help people a lot that are out of work. So how yeah. do you use that, the Zen philosophies to teach them about impermanence in their careers? Yeah. Okay, so so two two contexts. One is somebody running a company. Okay, now the, the there's all sorts of decisions that come in. There's all sorts of situations that kind of need attention, and we tend to we tend to you know fixate on the problems, and then we fix the problem in terms of a certain understanding of that problem. So one way that we you know we can work with this wisdom in a very practical way is to recognize okay. Do I have the full picture here and is it changing and in what direction is it changing? Okay, because it's always changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so to recognize, all right, what is what's what's the condition here that really needs to be addressed? And is is it going to resolve of its own accord, perhaps? Okay, so this could be a conflict. Say there's a conflict within the within the organization. All right, well, what is is there a problem with the conflict? Is that problem going to persist? Or perhaps if we just let it go and give it air of its own accord, it's going to resolve itself. There's a hundred examples of, of those, you know, all, all the time about really understanding where the situation is moving mm -hmm. in any given time because it's always moving. All right. So that's kind of a, that's, that's in a sense, a real practical, tactical way. If we look at like more of a, from a career sense, um, and I do work with a lot of people who are in transition, they might be electively looking to shift into a new venture um, or they've been laid off and they're now in the in the unknown about what the next thing is going to be. Oh, the impermanence is such a great gift. Now mm -hmm. it's like, oh, here we are. You know, here we are in transition to really embrace it, mm -hmm. to embrace what's past is past and to let that go. You mm -hmm. know, there's be some grief, some pain, certainly a lot of self-doubt, you know, comes up. All of the emotions that come up when something lose it uh, we lose something or something gets taken away from us we have to we have to embrace those feelings mm -hmm. 
can't you can't try to bypass those and say, well, screw all that. You know, I didn't care about that at all. That's going to produce. You know, that that's not a um, a wise embrace of impermanence. Basically, that's just like an angry form of of, of resistance. Yeah. <laughs> and what you're going to end up doing is you're you're probably going to try to recreate something that you feel like you've lost. Okay, because you haven't accepted that loss. So you you might end up and I work with people who do this, you know, their inclination is to go back and to get the exact same job they had, even if they didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Because they haven't fully accepted the, you know, perhaps we'll just say the, the, the natural unfolding of their, of their transition. Okay. I'm not justifying any decisions. You know, maybe the fact that they were let go was a, was a horrible decision that was, that was, you know, affected in a real cruel and, poor way that happens all the time i'm not defending anybody but ultimately everybody has to accept the the universal wisdom unfolding of the fact mm -hmm. that you don't have a job anymore right? yeah so mm -hmm. when you accept that then that's the way to work with that is to embrace that as your life okay yeah. this is it this is what's happening and now i'm in a new place where i have the opportunity for something new to emerge Permanence again isn't just the passing of things; it's the emergence of something new. Something else, yeah. Because right? that that state of nothingness or that state state of no jobness is also impermanent. And yeah. Something, something else will will arise. It's just we're so programmed to focus on the the the, the metalsome or the troublesome or the scary part of that polarity, and yeah. we don't focus on the generative side of it. And by the way, there you uh, did put out a great white paper called "The Bardo of Work." Yeah, I suggest listeners uh, if you want to check it out on Paul's site. Uh, it's really excellent about the in-between periods and how to manage them because they. You're right. If you even if things are going great, they're not going to last forever. Or if you're out of work, that's not going to last forever. You know, and I was thinking about uh, my. I had a company where uh, I had two really wonderful people as partners. One was my best friend growing up and another was just an amazing entrepreneur and a human. And we um, while we were doing it, the whole like three, four or five years in, I was trying to think about how much I appreciated being around those two guys every day and learning. And I had a sense it wouldn't last forever. We wanted to find we wanted to have an exit and we did. And I knew that after that, things would change and I wouldn't be around those guys as much anymore. But I had that thought years earlier. And it made me appreciate them even more on a day-to-day -day basis. And it also helped me learn from them. Like I was soaking up, I was listening to everything they said and trying to become better uh, because I also knew that I wouldn't be around them forever. And we're still close friends, but we don't work together every day. Mm -hmm. And so that happened with other employees in that business too, guys I really liked. And, and we had a really great group of folks, but then we all went, you know, a lot of us went our separate ways after the, after the change. So, I think in business, you know, unless you're in the same job for 40 years, that's going to happen to all of us, especially if we're entrepreneurs and so on. So you have well, to get comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say um, the, the entrepreneurial and both you and I have founded startups and, and worked in startups. You have to embrace the impermanence. Yeah. In fact, you know, we're, we're drawn. We're drawn to that. Um, which makes things, you know, really challenging in one way, but it's also, that's what, that's what thrills us, right? Is the changingness of, of the conditions. So it's yeah. a, 
yeah, that 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 mindset is is it's very deep and it's very powerful and it's really thrilling. Yeah, it does help in work when, especially when you're trying to put a lot of different things out there, and some aren't going to go and some are, and then you know you you change and you look back at like I like to do a year end in review at the end of each calendar year and I think about what I accomplished and what I didn't, and I think well okay 2023 is over what can I do in 2024. And I'm laying down new things now and so on. So I think it's good to take it's that's part of the, the meditation process, actually, is sit down, think about and it could be just think about what happened today or last week or this month and think, OK, well, that day and week and month is over with. Now I'm, I'm heading to soon to February and January will be over. And what do I want to accomplish there? So the more that you kind of practice with that, I think the easier this next day goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that reflection with respect to the year. And uh, a, a colleague and friend and fellow Zen teacher of mine does this ritual at the end, at the beginning of every year, which he just told me about, where he and his wife and his son, who's now 18, um, through the course of the year, every day or through their days, when something really good goes happens that they want to celebrate, they write it down on a little piece of paper and they put it into a big cookie jar. And then at the end of the year, oh, wow. they actually, on New Year's Eve, they pull all of the pieces of paper out from the year and they read them and then they light them all on fire. Wow, that is fantastic. I love that. Yeah, there's that combination of gratitude and letting go of yeah. that which you're grateful for, which is a super powerful. And I think, on, you know, on a, on a daily basis, too, I think that's a kind of a nice uh, reflection to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, we say that all things are impermanent, including this episode. <laughs> so I think, uh, Paul, if you don't mind, we do a little short meditation uh, and close it out for today. Okay. Well, the, the meditation for impermanence is gone. Okay. So I'll ring the bell and then just guide us into some reflections on gone. First, tune into the sounds in your environment. Notice them rising and then falling. As each one passes, just whisper, gone. Think of your morning, your experiences this morning, your cup of coffee, gone your embrace of your partner, your child, gone. Your mood, gone. Now tune in closer and take a breath in, out. Excellent. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, everything is gone at some point. 
you know, um, one of the first things I was thinking about was the Eagles season, which is gone. <laughs> we were, we're big football fans here and we had a, a really good season and then a bad one and we've lost in the playoffs. So, you know, all that energy and time thinking about football and then the season's over and it's gone and there'll yeah. be another season next year. But, you know, it was impermanent. <laughs> um, and I was also thinking, what's that? Yeah, you know, I, I was going to give you a reflection too, and I, I meant to do it at the beginning of, of the episode, but, um, you know, I had this soccer tournament in Las Vegas a couple of weekends ago, and we had a really good performance at the tournament. We ended up going to the semifinals and tying one-to-one -one at the end of regulation in the semifinal, and then we went to penalty kicks, so this, uh -oh. is, this is soccer, and uh, we got through the first five, and then we go, you know, one-to-one -one matching six, seven, eight, nine, and we ended up losing. Oh. A nine penalty kick, and I was the one who took oh. the nine kick. So, yeah. So that moment of like having, you know, we could have gone on to the final and possibly won the whole tournament, but in an instant, yeah. I <laughs> oh man, up and missed my penalty kick and put us yeah. out of the tournament. And then to be in that space where I had let down all my friends and our mm. tournament was over. My emotional re reaction, I was just, you know, so crushed and devastated and so felt so bad about letting my team down. Mm -hmm. um, but that's that's that that's how it is. Yeah, that is how it is. Yeah. yeah, that's a good story. I mean, not it's a bad story. I'm sorry it happened, but it, it's, yeah. it's a good illustration of, OK, that game's over. Nothing more you can do about that one. Just come out and do better next time. And, you know, but it's it's whether it's sports or work or your family. It just shows you that everything is going to change. Whether you, if you, if you had made the winning goal, you would have yeah. been really excited. But the game, would have, the tournament would have been over the same way. Yeah, that's right. Tournament ultimately always, yeah, over. Well, anyway, thank you, Paul, for that. That was a great story, and thank you, everyone, for listening today. Uh, we, as usual, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, uh, check out the Zen at Work website and sign up for Paul's newsletter. Reach out to us uh, wherever you feel like it, and we'll see you again with a new episode. Thanks again, Paul. Thank you, Scott. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us on this exploration into Zen Buddhism and its transformative influence on work and life. We hope you'll subscribe, share, and comment wherever you get your podcasts. May your journey be one of continuous growth and mindful living. From all of us here at Game of Zen, wishing you peace and prosperity on your path ahead.